everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Today is Fantastic Fellows Friday, and it also happens to be the last Friday in Black History Month. Although we will be talking about current subjects that are affecting everyone in America and the world, such as the vaccine, the stimulus package, and everything else that's happening in America especially, I do want to make sure that I close out the last Friday in Black History Month talking about a person that may be a major part of what happens when it comes to money and whether that's um, money towards the vaccine or stimulus or unemployment or uh, minimum wage, this person will probably have a big impact on some of the decisions made in the Biden administration. So, as I said, it is the last Friday in Black History Month, and I wanted to bring this young man to the forefront You may have seen or heard some things about him, but I want to talk about him in a little more detail because after doing research, I realized that he was actually in the scene of um, politics long before now. The person I am talking about, his name is Adewa Adeyamo, and I probably mispronounced his name, so I please forgive me. They say he goes by the name Wally, which is much easier to pronounce. And the person that I am talking about, if you've heard his name before, let me just tell you a little bit about him. He is he was born to Yoruba parents in Nigeria and raised in Southern California. His father was a teacher and his mother was a nurse. He has two younger siblings, and after graduating from Eisenhower High School in Rialto, California in 1999, he received a Bachelor's of Arts degree from the University of California, Berkeley in 2004, and his Juris Doctor, which is a law degree, JD, um, from Yale Law School in 2009. During his time at the University of California, he also played defensive back for the football program. Let's talk about his career. We're going to call him Wally. Wally served as the director of African American Outreach for the John Kerry 2004 presidential campaign and was based in the San Francisco office. Prior to joining the Obama administration, He worked as an editor at the Hamilton Project, then served as senior advisor and deputy chief of staff to Jack Lew in the United States Department of the Treasury. He later worked as the chief negotiator for the Trans-Pacific Partnership. He also served as the first chief of staff of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau under Elizabeth Warren. In November 2014, he was nominated to the Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for International Markets and Development at the same time that the incumbent Assistant Secretary Marissa Lago was nominated to be a Deputy United States Trade Representative. 
He appeared before the Senate Committee on Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs in September 2015, but the committee did not advance his nomination to the full Senate. The nomination was withdrawn by President Obama in December 2015. He was instead selected to concurrently serve as Deputy National Security Advisor for International Economics and Deputy Director of the National Economic Council in 2015, serving until 2016. During his tenure, he was the President's representative to the G7 and the G20 and held several senior management positions at the United States Department of the Treasury including Senior Advisor and Deputy Chief of Staff, as well as Chief Negotiator, as I mentioned, provisions on microeconomic policies. Now, he currently served as a Senior Advisor at BlackRock, and if anybody don't know what BlackRock is, please go check that out, because I kept looking at their stock. I, I didn't really know who they were, but when I kept seeing their stock go up, I went and looked and seen who BlackRock is, so you'll understand how powerful he was. Um, on August 1st, 2019, he was selected as the first president of the Obama Foundation. That's pretty big that the Obamas had enough faith in him to elect him the very first president. And as I mentioned, you know, he he was a senior advisor at BlackRock and the Center for Strategic and International Studies. He spent the majority of his career convening companies, governments, and organizations to move together towards achieving common goals. Now, as the Deputy National Security Advisor for International Economics and Deputy Director of the National Economics Council, as you know, as I mentioned, he served under President Obama. Wow. This young man is just so amazing. It's just so much to read about him. I'm actually excited, and I want you guys to know who he is, too. Now, it's so funny because, as I mentioned, he is... Um, he was born in Nigeria, and he came to United States, and they moved to California when he was a baby. But I want to talk about, you know, just where he is now. But I also want to talk about a lot of funny things that um, they say about him, and they call him the golden boy. And I'm going to tell you why they call him the golden boy. You know, I was reading an article, and um, I was very impressed. You know, in November of 2020, it was announced that he would be nominated to serve as the United States Deputy Secretary of the Treasury in the Biden administration. On January 20th, 2021, his nomination was submitted to the Senate for confirmation. Now, ironically, the hearing began this week, so we're still waiting to see if he's going to be confirmed, but it was so funny because um, I was laughing. I was laughing because there's so many different articles on him, and as I mentioned, he's from Nigeria, 
So, of course, you want to definitely go see what the African papers are saying. And I did find a organization called the African Report. I had never heard of it, but I wasn't doing research to that extent. So they have an article on him that was published on December 16, 2020. And it's so cute. It's called um, Wally, the Golden Boy on Joe Biden's team. So the reason why I wanted to read this because it is Black History Month and it's so nice to see that when someone is nominated for something that they're appreciated, whether they get the nomination or not. And this article was really cool because, you know, they mentioned the fact that he's only 39 and just... This is just a little bit of what I'm reading about him. There's so much about him. But I was really impressed. And, you know, this article from Africa, it was saying it's the first African-American to be appointed assistant secretary of the Treasury and a strong advocate for for multilateralism. He is expected to help the United States overcome its worst economic crisis since the 1929 crash. Now, I didn't know that we are actually, I mean, I know we're in a pandemic. I know people lost jobs, but it's so irony that the previous administration was saying the one thing that they were proud of is the way the economic situation is in America. But according to this article, and you can do your research to verify if it's true, They're saying that this is the worst economic crisis since 1929. And um, Joe Biden hasn't been president that long. So he didn't make it the worst crisis. So you might want to keep that in mind when y'all start voting again about what is happening in America. It's happening so fast that sometimes it's kind of hard to keep up with who did what and what went wrong. But in this article, I was really impressed. There's a... um, subject that they have called mirrored an opportunity and it says the move across the ocean became the first stage of a journey that would take wally to the white house of which many nigerians are celebrating and this article breaks down why you know they're so excited and it says for good reason never before has an African-American been appointed to such a high position within this sovereign state? Born in Nigeria. And, okay, I can't even pronounce it, so I'm not even going to go there. According to the Nigerian press, as I mentioned, he was just a baby when his parents decided to immigrate to the United States with their three children in search of the American dream as he likes to say. So, Wally, I think that it's amazing that at 39, you have come this far. And I really hope that the Senate confirms you. You know, one of the articles said, if the Senate confirms his appointment as expected by Ross Baker, who is a professor of American politics at Rutgers University, 
you know, that Wally will support, of course, Janet Yeller, who is now the Secretary of Treasury. She used to be the former president of the Federal Reserve. So that is a great person to um, have as your leader. And the thing is, this man is 39. So having her, the department, the the Secretary um, of Treasury being your boss and mentor and the fact that she came from the Federal Reserves as a former president, I think that in itself is just amazing. And this article even says a task that promises to be particularly difficult in these times of pandemic and political shame. Well, I just wanted to, you know, I could go on and on and read about this young man, but I don't want to bore you. I just wanted to talk about him because, as I mentioned, they're saying we're in the worst economic crisis of all time. So what I want to do now is I always like to have someone's own words speak for them. So I'm going to play the introduction that President President Biden has when he announces him as the nomination. And then right after the nomination... I'm going to play Wally's response to President Biden thanking him for the nomination. So I want you guys to just listen closely to what hopefully our future Deputy Deputy Secretary of the Treasury is saying about what he'll do if he's not, I mean, if he is given the position. And the highest ranking African American in the Treasury Department system, an immigrant from Nigeria, the son of a nurse and an elementary school principal. Wally understands everything we do. It's basically for the people, for families, hard-working people, to understand their struggles and most of all their dreams. And he understands both. And I want to thank you, Wally, for being willing to do this. Mr. President-elect, Madam Vice President-elect, thank you for this profound opportunity to return to the Treasury Department and serve the American people. I know firsthand the president-elect's capacity to lift our country out of hard times because I had the privilege of working with him to help Americans recover from the Great Recession. In California's Inland Empire, where I had grown up in a working-class neighborhood, the Great Recession hit us hard. We were one of the foreclosure capitals in the United States. The pain of this was real for me. It wasn't just numbers in a report or stories on the nightly news, but neighbors and friends who lost everything. I was proud of the work I got to do with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, protecting American consumers, and the Treasury Department helping to grow the U.S. economy. I was proud also of getting a chance to serve with leaders like the President-elect, who oversaw the Recovery Act's implementation, investing in American workers, betting on their resilience and drive, and giving families a chance to get up off the mat. I believe that's what public service is all about at its best giving people a fair shot when they need it most, offering hope through the dark times, and making sure that our economy works not just for the wealthy, but for the hardworking people who make it run. Those are the lessons I learned from my parents, an elementary school principal and a nurse who came to America to build a better life for me and my siblings. They taught us that we have a responsibility to serve our community and the country that gave us so many opportunities. But I also learned early on how much more needs to be done 
to ensure that everyone has a fair chance they deserve. I look forward to working with Janet Yellen to reduce inequality in this country and expand the middle class and make sure that we build an economy that works for everyone. And as we build back better, we must also remain laser focused on the Treasury Department's critical role protecting our national security. This includes using our sanctions regime to hold bad actors accountable, dismantling the financial networks of terrorist organizations and others who seek to do us harm, and ensuring our foreign investment policy protects America's national security interest. The challenges before us today are unlike anything we have ever faced. But I know that what the president-elect so often reminds us of is true. The American people can do anything when given a chance. And I'm honored to be a part of this talented team and to work with them and all the American people to build an economy that gives everyone that chance and turns our nation once again from crisis to hope. Thank you. I just want to give my disclaimer that all the page turning that you will hear on this recording as the nominee is speaking is actually his pages turning as he was reading his speech. I always like to give the disclaimers when there's a distortion or noise when it's me. I want to make sure I acknowledge that. But I always tell people podcasting is just like when you watch the news. The only difference is, well, in my case, in some cases, maybe not, but they have a teleprompter and we don't. So we have pages. And I was laughing because I kept hearing, I was watching, it's actually audio from the a video. I was watching it and he's turning the pages right by the microphone. So that's what you guys are hearing from our nominee. I just wanted to point that out. As I was searching um, for video on Adeyemo, I'm trying to pronounce his name correctly. I found a video on YouTube that was five years ago when he was nominated in the Obama administration and it was pretty cool. I want you all to listen to the news. It's SABC News. And I don't know what it stands for. I'm guessing it's a foreign news organization from their accents. So this gives you a little more background of him five years ago. So imagine how he's grown right now. Check out this story. And I think it's important to note that this is long before... Um, many of us heard of him this most recent time, but it sounds like this young man at 34 was already destined for greatness. And check out how they report on who he is and where he's going. Five years ago, keep that in mind. Through this hour, U.S. President Barack Obama has appointed a Nigerian, Adewale Adeyemo, as a Deputy National Security Advisor. Adeyemo served in top roles at the Treasury Department. He'll succeed Caroline Atkinson as the President's Deputy National Security Advisor for International Economic Affairs. The 34-year-old Adeyemo joined the White House's National Economic Council as Deputy Director. He was the Treasury's lead negotiator on the current agreement that was part of the Pacific trade deal. Adeyemo also worked on Treasury's response to crises in Ukraine and Greece in 2010. He was one of the first officials charged with standing up uh, to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. In a statement, President Obama thanked the outgoing Atkinson for her service and said he was grateful that Adeyemo would carry on her work. 
Well, let's cross now live to our correspondent, uh, Sophia Adengo, who's in Abuja, Nigeria, to get a sense about the news of Adewale Adeyemo's appointment uh, and how it's been received uh, back home in this uh, country. Uh, very good evening. Thanks for joining us. Um, how has this news been received in Nigeria? One of their own top position in the White House. Well, as you can imagine, Peter, this news has been received with rather joy. There is always this uh, underdog feel for many Africans in the diaspora, especially Africans who have naturalized into, uh, you know, other countries. So he more or less you know, represents a symbol more than the personality of himself, knowing that very little has been known about him. But indeed, he does have a stellar, impressive CV. Adewale Adeyemo, uh, now the Deputy National Security Advisor for International Economic Affairs, a nomination by President uh, Barack Obama. You know, he succeeds Carolyn Atkinson, as you said, but he's had a long-standing career in the Department of the Treasury, also joined the White House as a National Economic Council and lead negotiator in the Pacific trade. Um, he has been nominated largely because of his international links, and he has been seen as a forerunner in the area of finance and in the area of linkages. So uh, Nigerians, of course, have received this news with great adoration for the strides that he's made, not only in his personal life, but also being able to ascend the, uh, you know, the hill, the Capitol Hill in the United States by serving in Barack Obama's administration. Peter? And he's, he's, he's blazed quite a trail. I mean, he's only 34. Uh, he's been with the administration since 2009. So he must have got in, in there around about 27, 28. So he's, he's flying high. And it sounds as if great things are destined for him. There is no doubt that uh, Mr. Ade Adeyemo, we're still trying to get our names uh, around him, Adewale Adeyemo, has done impressive things at a very young age. You know, he's a graduate at the University of Berkeley. He went to Yale School of Law. And not too different from Barack Obama's start himself. It seems interesting that they both were engaged in community and community projects. And it seems like, uh, you know, Mr. Adeyemo's public service, as well as his uh, commitment to understanding finance at a very high policy level, has made him a definite candidate. It's always interesting to see how uh, Mr. Adeyemo and Barack Obama himself are at an interesting crossroads in which uh, Africans find themselves, you know, as first generation or second generation Americans serving in the highest office and yet having a footprint back in Africa. Peter? So um, his public service credentials uh, well publicized, but uh, as we were saying just before we went on air, uh, he does seem to fly under the radar a little bit. We don't know much about his life in Nigeria and uh, how he moved across the U.S. Yes, uh, Mr. Idemo seems to have kept a very low profile, but obviously he was doing something right. In order to be able to give in a position as impressive as this, even though it's in a deputy uh, you know, office, but the National Security Advisor for International and Economic Affairs is no small feat. And it's, it would be interesting to see how he plays out on the world stage in this capacity, having been so low-key, but yet so impressive within the White House. Peter? In sort of looking him up and uh, reading about him, they credit him with uh, developing a number of international relationships. I'm just wondering, um, will Nigeria get to see him at some point? Has he had contacts with the Nigerian, uh, uh, Nigerians at a high level? Or is this something perhaps down the line in the future? 
Well, I, I don't think his service in, uh, you know, the White House and his Nigerian background are mutually exclusive. I think they do go hand in hand in when, when it comes to uh, economics at this level. It seems that Nigeria itself is looking for linkages as close as possible to the White House in terms of promoting economics and having, uh, you know, an, an individual like Mr. Adeyemo within the White House to really underscore the value of Africa and African input in economics really is an asset. So it would be interesting to see how uh, both parties play out, Nigeria on one side and Mr. Adewale Adeyemo on the other. All right. One, fin one final question. Human rights advocates in the United States have called for an investigation following the Nigerian army's raid on a Shiite sect in which hundreds of people were reportedly killed. What can you tell us about that? Well, SABC did speak to the Army spokesperson, and in the course of our discussion, he reiterated that no one in Nigeria is above the law. That would include, uh, you know, members of a sect, the Shiite sect, who blocked the, you know, the, the procession, within a procession, blocked uh, the army chief of staff and pelleted his convoy with stones. And the army chief of staff uh, retaliated by sending out troops and looking to apprehend those perpetrators. In the course of this attack or this confrontation, the, you know, the Shiites were looked at as persons who were attempting to assassinate the army chief of staff. And of course, violence ensued. But at the end of the day, what the army is saying is that any disorder of any sort will be, you know, brought down. And it, it seems rather unfortunate that, of course, casualties were as a result of these attacks in Zaria, which is in Kaduna, about the middle to northern part of Nigeria. But it seems very evident that, of course, clashes between the Shiite and the army continue. This is not the first time we have seen such clashes escalate to the point of multiple deaths. But it seems like the Nigerian army has continued to reiterate that despite uh, you know, individual liberties that are shared within religious communities. There is the uh, underscored understanding that nobody in Nigeria is above the law and they would do anything to restore security. And Peter? That's, and that's where we'll leave it. Thank you very much indeed. That was Sophia Adengo. In well, I want to say something. Um, I'm guessing that SABC News is um, an African news station. And the young lady that was doing the reporting, she was on the streets. And as you could hear, there was a lot of traffic going on. So she was trying to get the news out without being interrupted by the cars. But I thought that was funny. So that's the noise you hear in the background. It's actually a video, so you can't see her. But if you go on YouTube and look it up, you will be able to see and also, I'm a little thankful that she I wasn't the only one having a hard time pronouncing his name. I was practicing, and I went to places to listen to what they were saying. So we're going to just go ahead and call him Wally, because that's the name he goes by. But I want to say how, and this is done, this uh, audio that I just played was five years ago when he was only 34. And as you heard they were saying he was involved in a lot of big things in the political arena in his 20s. So he's been around for a very, very long time. And like the young lady mentioned this reporting, he's been under the radar as far as nationally, because in all honesty, I try to watch the news. Well, I do watch the news several times a day just to keep 
up with what was going on, and especially in the last four years, because we had breaking news every five minutes. And I try to stay pretty tuned in to uh, uh, African-Americans, especially that are put in high ranking positions. And I did not know who he was until recently. So I just want to say bravo, Wally, bravo. I am so excited. And I hope that Miss Baker, who thinks that he will be confirmed, I hope that he will be. But it sounds like he will be. I was watching just a few clips that uh, yesterday of the uh, Senate committee that's interviewing him pretty much for the position and to confirm him. And it was really petty to me, some of the things they were asking him, but we know how that works. So I just thought he was a wonderful person to um, end this Black History Month Friday with. And he is definitely the example of a fantastic fella. So I'm going to end this fantastic fellow Friday with saying, Wally, I hope that you are confirmed. I feel very confident that you will be confirmed. And as we have seen throughout the years, you're just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And we are so proud of you, your Nigerian family, as you've heard, very, very excited and proud of you. And yes, he and President Obama both um, have African roots. So that's pretty cool. So I'm going to ask you guys to stay safe. Have a great weekend. Please stay Stay home for uh, unless there's certain issues you need to go out for if you can and stay social distancing, wear a mask and just try to um, stay safe. I ask you to have a good weekend and stay safe and definitely follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A as in Advocacy capital L as in ladies. We ask that you give us a call with any questions or comments you may have at 404-855-7723. You can always send us an email at podcasthostshaypate19 at gmail.com. That's all small letters. And don't forget to follow us on the apps. Definitely put on a notification so that you will know that a new episode has been posted. As I mentioned this past Monday, I wanted to finish out Monday, Marvelous Motivating Monday for Black History Month, but I definitely want to take a break because as I mentioned on Monday, it is very, very exhausting working full time and in the legal industry. That in itself is stressful. And to try to get quality um podcast episodes on three times a week during the week because as I mentioned I am a person that does a lot of research and I want to check my facts check my information and of course supply you with the sources of my information and I just need to take a 60-day break I will be back on Mondays on May 1st and what I'll do for those who are following me and get notifications every Monday up until May 1st, I will send out and publish a reminder. So don't think that Marvelous Motivating Monday is gone. It is temporarily in hi hiatus. 
hiatus. <laughs> I'm just, I need a break because I just have no time to have a life pretty much. And this is my choice. I'm not complaining. I'm just explaining. Oh, I like that. That rhymes. But anyway, I just want to say have a great weekend and I appreciate you for listening. And you know, my favorite question at the end of all my episodes is, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.